You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Sienna Jekyll. And I'm Liana Holston. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. Oh yeah, this podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching Vertigo, number nine on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this film. Don't get dizzy. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Perfect. That's the only thing I wanted to do on this episode was just at some point go, whoa. (laughs) That could be our transition for the whole thing. Um, Yes, Vertigo. Shall we start with a summary? We should start with our predictions. (laughs) That's why I asked because I knew I was forgetting something, (laughs) as I always do. Sienna will never know the format of this podcast, and that's fine. (laughs) I don't know how I can't remember that. Liana, let's, let's hear yours first. Okay, day. Beep boop. Hello. <laughs> it's your podcast partner, Liana. About to watch Vertigo. I don't know anything about this movie, except I had to Google where to watch it. And from that, I learned that it's a Hitchcock film. Based off that, I'm a guess it's, I don't know, spooky? Mm-hmm. A bunch of birds. No, that's the movie. No. The birds. Close. So Vertigo, maybe everybody's like really dizzy and it's sort of um, the spooky aspect is like, they don't stop being dizzy. It's sort of an inner <gasps> oh. ear, uh, aural situation. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Everybody having it. That is creative thinking. <laughs> Everyone's so dizzy. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs>
Okay. Hi, Liana. It's Sienna. I am preparing to watch Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Uh, this is not my first time watching it. I have seen it once before. I wow. recall that there is a woman in this with a swirly hair swoop and a pin in her mm. hair. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the vertigo of it all, I actually don't remember very well. But I'm predicting <laughs> that Jimmy Stort is going to be a dizzy man. A dizzy man in this movie. Stort. Um, I also have to mention it's like 108 degrees in Seattle right now, which is insane. <laughs> Hottest it's ever been in my lifetime. That's going to probably inform my whole watching experience. So uh, let's go check it out. I don't remember the plot. Um, but I'm going to find out. Bye. <laughs> let's go check it out. Come on, kids. Here we go. Had trouble ending that one. Uh, yes, I have seen this film before, indeed. Wow, really? And I really, there's, so, I didn't remember anything except for that woman's hair. I love this. You, for, you've watched many films on this list, and you don't hold on to any significant part of any of them. <laughs> I, I don't know what I watch for. I don't watch to learn. I don't watch to take it in. No, clearly not. Um, I don't mean to bring down the mood at all, but I just want to say, um. I say love you at the end of my predictions and you're not saying it back. I didn't want to steal your brand. It's not my brand. <laughs> if I haven't said it enough, Liana. No, I it feels you. forced. I don't want it now. <laughs> okay, I'll sneak it in some some other time during this podcast. <laughs> okay, I look forward to it. Neither of us is going to remember to do that. That's what you think. <clears throat> okay, I love you. All right. <laughs> Okay, here is what I've taken in as the summary of Vertigo, the movie. So, Scotty slash John, played by Jimmy Stort, is a private eye (laughs) who can't get too high without getting dizzy. (laughs) When an old college pal asks Scotty slash John to follow his blonde wife Madeline around and find (laughs) out if she's possessed, Scotty says, sure, that sounds like a case that will keep me nice and low to the ground. Scotty is a pretty lousy PI and falls in love with the elegant Madeline, even though she believes herself to be a deceased Spanish woman from a painting. After that, more things happen, primarily murder, deception, and vertigo-inducing heights. Ah. Oh, Oh, Jimmy Stort. What a guy. I always learned it as Stort. Stort Little. Is that like a sort of Seattle accent coming through? Yeah, um, let's say that. This is a Seattle thing, and we all say that. It's not me being wrong. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Um, I can't believe this is just a movie about a guy being really dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> and he only gets dizzy like two times? A couple times. But they're important times. <laughs> the worst times for it to happen. <laughs> this is such a silly movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And more things happen after that that like weren't worth saying because it's too many switcheroos and it's so we'll dumb. get to it. It's so, you got the key points of like a blonde woman and a dizzy, dizzy man. <laughs> those are like, that's it. Like those are that's, both really important. When Hitchcock pitched the film, he's like, hear me out. <laughs> he's like, take a woman, make her dead. Then kill her. <laughs> then kill her. <laughs> Make her dead, then kill her was sort of the amount of respect that Hitchcock had for women, generally. Which is a great segue into, should we Uh get some historical context up in this bitch? (laughs) Gimme, gimme, baby. Okay, 
History. The film Vertigo came out in 1958, huge year. It was based off a French novel called D'Entre les Morts, which is um, Among the Dead, is what that means in French, by Pierre Boileau oh. and Thomas, I don't know, Narcejac, Narcej, I don't know. The big thing about this movie that everybody's like, oh my God, is that it created the vertigo effect in camera work, which is where you zoom in with your lens, I think, while pulling the camera oh. backward. And so it's like, whoa, that's so cool. <laughs> okay. And then a bunch of men, a bunch of men put it in their movies later. They were like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Vertigo flopped at the box office. People hated it. And I was like, yes, <laughs> mood as hell. The New York Times called the plot devilishly far-fetched. And it was not until like the 80s when it got re-released that people were like, hmm, yeah. Because yeah. Hitchcock had the rights to the film. And so from 1960 through 1980, pretty much nobody saw it because he owned it and was like, no, <laughs> you may not have this. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and then it was re-released in 1984 after he had passed away. And that's when the public was like, hell yeah, we love this. Because I really do feel like the 1980s was like one of the, the bigger decades for hating women. And that just being like part of the zeitgeist. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I love it. I love this. I mean, almost every decade has been one. But the 1980s especially. I don't know. It was a real resurgence. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Reagan. Here's some stuff that's really going to bring down the mood. Sorry. Okay. Jimmy Stort, during the filming of this, was 50. Kim Novak, his co-star, was 25, baby. Mm, literally half his age. A little bit about Alfred Hitchcock, since y'all have such a hard-on for him. He was born in 1899, an old Whoa. man. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> <I know. laughs> so old. <laughs> Wait, he was like, oh, I guess it's like 90-something. Still. He was 80, I think, one when he died, but good riddance, honestly. Oh. <laughs> No, you'll see why. A bit about the Hitchcock blonde, which is literally a phrase. So I was hoping we would discuss this. Uh -huh. <sighs> this asshole. He frequently cast blonde women, young blonde women in his movies. He once said, and this is a direct quote, blondes make the best victims. Oh my God. They're like virgin snow that shows up on the bloody footprints or that shows up the bloody footprints. Sorry, he was British. I didn't nail the intonation there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the trope at the time was about blondes being like sex symbols, and the women in his films had like icier hair than the, the standard blonde sort of trope, and they were cooler, but they also were still objectified, so fucking not a difference. Um, and here's where we're really just going to write off Alfred Hitchcock as a person and a decent human being. Um, he made sexual advances toward Tippi Hedren, who's an actress who starred in his movie The Birds oh. and Marnie. He threatened to ruin her career if she declined. She was 33 when starring in one of these films, and he was 64 years old. Tippi mm -hmm. Hedren spoke about this in a piece for Variety in 2017, which was about a year into the Me Too movement gaining global attention. Um, and Hitchcock had a reputation. AKA, it's extremely unlikely that Hedren was the only woman he harassed and traumatized and likely caused to not have more work in her field. Uh. Naturally, no one cared, and Hitchcock was knighted in 1980. But a TLDR of this whole segment is Hitchcock fucking sucked, and we could stop celebrating him so easily. That's pretty clear cut. <laughs> like, suckiness. <laughs> yep. I, I don't think there's a lot of defending that needs to go on. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I did not know. Yeah. Damn, thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Um, and I bet 
we will have some tweets about like, oh, separate the art from the artist, but we won't have to because this movie was dumb. <laughs> it was a silly film, man. They're like, Vertigo, that's the one. Yeah, of all the Hitchcock films, this is the highest rated by the AFI. <laughs> I will say, I'm not joking when I tell you, I have a touch of Vertigo every now and then, and Whoa. I did get it yesterday. Wait, really? I something about the heat. Where yeah. were you? Were you high up? No, no, I don't get it from from heights. It's just, I don't know if that's even technically what it is. Something is off, and then I, when I turn too much, the room spins. Oh my god. In the extreme heat, it seems to produce that effect. So anyway. Wow. Blame any of my errors on that. You ready for some phone notes? Oh yeah, baby. Vertigo opens with sort of a spinny <laughs> credits open. <laughs> I gotta say, I really felt like that opening, I don't know, digital effects felt exactly like how I feel when I'm trying to use Adobe Photoshop because I don't <laughs> know how to use it. And so I can only get it to do the most basic thing of like a spin. <laughs> First of all, the very first scene is, oh, thumbs down from Liana already. Well, the first thing you see at all. Tell, tell me, I forget. Are, oh, it's a close-up of a woman's lips. Oh, yeah. Who was that? I have no clue. Then after the lips, Jimmy Stewart is Jimmy Stewart? hopping over buildings trying to catch a bad guy. Oh, he is doing some light parkour. <laughs> Parkouring, hopping onto buildings. I thought it would be a flash forward, but this is how he gets his vertigo. Mm -hmm. which I realized about five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. I did not enjoy this opening. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Ease me in, y'all. What is happening? Yeah, it was disconcerting. I, mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out what was going on again until a few minutes later. When a few minutes later, he is with his ex-girlfriend, friend, it's complicated. Ooh, sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> in her apartment. <laughs> Yeah, her beautiful apartment overlooking all of San Francisco. Oh, the entire city. I, I loved this opening scene because I was like, oh, I did not realize this film was just a New York stage play. Mm. Because that is how this film is set. That is how that her whole apartment is decorated, like a Broadway set. <laughs> it is very set-like, stage-like. Yes, except there's a brassiere in the frame. <laughs> <laughs> Love when you start off with a bra. Very interesting, mm -hmm. actually. I forgot about that, that she's like a bra lady. I wrote a couple things down she's about Midge. She's a bra Midge. lady! <laughs> I wrote, um, I wrote, I guess she works at the Pictures of Bras company. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, maybe she works at the Boob Factory. <laughs> Midge, the San Francisco boob monger. Yes. Yes! That's, these are perfect. This is gold. We love Midge. The thing that struck me the most about that scene was that He's like, what's this doohickey? And she's like, it's a brassiere. You're a big boy. You know what those are? And I was like, that's all insane. And I can't process that. What just happened to me? <laughs> Mentally. <laughs> but what my brain really landed on was it's been, what, 63 years since this film. And we still don't have an effective strapless bra. <laughs> this was an aspirational bra in this film. No back, no shoulders, just holds it up on a stem. <laughs> yeah. And it still does not exist. Where is that? Uh, so Midge, this sort of young, uh, blonde lady, but she has glasses. So she's the non-desirable one. Blonde, but with glasses. That's how you know. And Jimmy Stewart, Dork. who's 50, we know. Who's 50. And then later, the guy who he meets with, his college friend, who looks as old, maybe older than Jimmy. Yeah. They're all supposed to have been in college <laughs> together. 
Like, remember college? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Who was at college when? Remember college, which I went to during the Great Depression? <laughs> yeah. She's like, what? <laughs> I just graduated. I'm there now. The war had ended by the time I enrolled. Oh, my God. I did think, though, that you probably appreciated all of the sort of up-top explaining that happened in this film. Because the mm. number of times that this man was like, I can't do this because of my acrophobia. I get so dizzy. And I was like, okay, so that's going to be a repeated issue in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down, he's pushing this acrophobia like someone who just found out they're an introvert. And they're like telling everybody about it. Oh my it. God. Yes. He brought it up a lot. Or somebody, like somebody in middle school who finds out that they're double jointed. And they're like, look. Oh yeah, Totally. Because he goes to the doctor early on, finds out, and then he's like, yeah, well, my acrophobia actually makes it really hard for me to go up on ladders. And she's like, okay. Ed. All right. I also was like, why does this stop you from being a cop? Like, I don't think being a cop is like involves being at great heights often. Uh, okay. But a cop in San Francisco, the hilliest city of all. I guess so. That's a dangerous game. <laughs> Freeze. Whoa. <laughs> I wrote a note that is the flower shop looks just like the perfume store from the episode of Spongebob where there's the perfume store. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've seen a full episode of Spongebob in like 20 years, but okay. Like how old am I? It should be noted that Jimmy Stewart, I'm trying here with the Stewart, that Jimmy Stewart. So he meets up with his college pal who says, Hey, my wife's possessed, I think. So can you like follow her? Well, He basically is like, my wife is being too independent. I need to hire a detective. (laughs) This is crazy. (laughs) I don't know what she's doing and she's acting different, not cooking me dinner. Which is like, people call women crazy. This guy was like, I checked her speedometer and she went 94 miles. Where was she? And he literally thinks she's possessed, right? That's that's one of those bonkers things. One of the bonker things in this film. That's like, those are the moments that I couldn't quite, I was like, that, that. That can't be that he just thinks she's possessed. Do ghosts Mm -hmm. exist in this movie? And they do, by the way. Do they? They kind of do. Yeah. (laughs) The Spanish lady, like we see her at least in dreams and yeah, she's kind of around. Yeah, I guess so. That was one of my big issues with this movie, which we'll get to more later. But I just was like, lean, like commit to it. If you're going to do a spooky film, like do a spooky film. And then I get that like the twist was, oh, it's not spooky. It's just that I wanted to kill my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Is it ghosts? Or do I hate my wife? Or is it just misogyny? That's actually a big, yeah, a big question of a lot of films on this list. When he's tailing her this whole time, I wrote, when I'm alone and out on the town, I do everything exactly as performatively as this woman is doing, as Jimmy Stewart is following her. Yeah. She's like at the museum looking at a painting. Oh, she's going to a park and looking at a tombstone. And obviously someone is watching her, but she has to just do her thing because she's a special lady. That's such a good point. Sorry, I just have to forlornly at sort of a 60 degree angle with my hair coiffed gaze at this painting. That's exactly why to me, I was like, this is a horror film from the woman's perspective because she's just trying to have a performative day off. Right. And she cannot catch a break. Leave her alone. Are you designing a brassiere? Good for you. We'll be right back. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Annabe. Annabe, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out 
where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the Body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. One thing I would love to highlight is the old woman who works in the haunted hotel that he goes into. Oh my he's gosh. like, where is she? And she says, do you remember this line? She goes, I don't know. Do you want to say it at the same time? Did you write it down? Oh, I'll write down the one that I wrote down. Or Yeah, okay. You, okay. <laughs> I'll say the one that I wrote down. Okay. Three, two, one. I was, I was putting, putting olive oil, oil on my rubber tree plant. <laughs> what does that mean (laughs) wait do you know about this because you put like vinegar on shirts so is is olive oil on plant leaves like something yeah i know all the salad ingredients that you put on things and why (laughs) that's hilarious that's like one of the only lines i wrote down that's i think the only one i directly quoted it stopped me in my tracks (laughs) (laughs) it was a shocking line you can't just drop that in he had no follow-up questions he was just like all right (laughs) Is that something that they did in the olden days? 
It was like, oh, four o'clock, time to put olive oil on my rubber plant leaves. Um, um please. Go ahead. No. No, please. I, I just want to talk about when she plopped into the water. Oh my god. <laughs> First of all, this movie is like I know it's Alfred Hitchcock presents, but it seems like it seems like San Francisco tourism played a hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it feels. It's just looking around the city. They actually go to the Redwoods at some point. But this particular (laughs) scene is in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. She's just standing longingly. It's a place she likes to go. It's something she likes to do. She loves it so. (laughs) (laughs) She's speaking in rhyme now. Someone help Uh, her. And uh, I don't know, it's just being emo in front of this water. And then (laughs) I actually looked away for the second that I heard the splash. But the reason that I knew it happened... No, you didn't. Really? Just on accident? I was like checking Instagram by accident. Yeah. And then I had to go back. But the music goes like, <laughs> super spooky, which it had not been spooky the whole time. I guess maybe that was on purpose. And then uh, all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, I need to look up from 2048. And then yeah. splash, splash, she was taking a bath. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm so sorry, but there was a lot of flopping about in this film. <laughs> That's the first time you really like zoom in on her eyebrows also, which is like, Whoa! her eyebrows, absolutely perfect. When she gets dragged out of the water, we do have to say, um, he was holding her by the tit. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to get a woman out of the water, take her by the tit, <laughs> just a little yank. The most buoyant part. <laughs> That's so bad. You know, they're just trying to help women politely, help them out, uh, <laughs> grab them the handles that they have. Mm-hmm. And the floaties, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Boink them on out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So if you want any context about this, she is like being, quote unquote, possessed by Carlotta, the ghost of. And Carlotta really wants to die. <laughs> and so she makes um, Madeline, the blonde yeet herself into the san francisco bay and then james stort 50 years old is like oh no i gotta get her and so he jumps in and pulls her out that's the moment where he stops being a private eye and starts being uh starts being a public penis i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's when he starts being a public penis The worst kind. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, their their love affair kind of begins. Um, takes her home. Uh, she dries off naked in his bed. Oh um, my god! The logistics is where I got cut up here because did he undress her fully and dry her off and then place her into the bed naked? Yeah, he had. To, oh my gosh! Ugh. Unacceptable! Unacceptable! Okay, okay, but mainly, mainly the thing about this whole situation, that man, Jimmy Stort, is not hot enough to be having immediate sexual tension with her. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the tension that they had was so, like, this is two people eye-fucking each other across the room. Like, but it didn't work. It doesn't work if they're not... <gasps> no, I agree with that. And actually, later on, when they, when they kiss for the first time, when they're oddly in a forest... Um, and nobody was wearing hiking clothes. It was so weird. It felt very odd to be at a hiking trail mm-hmm. and everyone's perfectly dressed. And when yeah. they are there, they share a kiss. And this actually did not feel like a time when a kiss was going to happen. It feels very unnatural. Mm-mm. Not a very 
that sort of moment to warrant a kiss. They were just kind of talking no. and then they kiss. And I, I think you're so right about that, about that, like that sexual tension there. It just didn't, it, it didn't feel so uh-huh. obvious. No, 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 no. I um, also, because of this podcast, I'm like, was kissing in the past bad? <laughs> Okay, my sister said something so funny. I laughed so much because yes, this kissing, I don't know at what point in cinema history kissing changed to look like actual kissing does, but uh-huh. people were pressing, doing so much pressing and kind of rolling their faces on each other and then, you know, kind of placing their cheek on the other's neck and they'll mm-hmm. th- they'll go into the kiss, but then they release not with a but with kind of a like watching two giraffes try to reunite is really how it feels. <laughs> and my sister, my sister says, if this is how they kissed, how did they bang? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> Cause it's just so much rolling and then no, parting really? and then rolling again and then parting. So how'd the banging happen? The fact that the human race continued is a shock. If that's how it was going on in the fifties. I noticed in his apartment that there was a magazine called Swank magazine. this movie is just it's like it's porn for film boys is what this film is Uh, (laughs) because it's like every film boy's dream to rescue a vague extremely hot woman from distress oh my gosh vague is a great term for what the whole middle of this movie was This is at the point, I think, at the forest where she, she's just being like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But also, I'm Carlotta and I died. Yes. I just I so, used to so come good. here. Like, what? It just wouldn't commit enough to the spooky genre before switching over to the wife murder genre. That is, yeah. And this movie did do a lot of switching. A lot of mm-hmm. switching around. Yeah. Because further down the line, it simply becomes My Fair Lady. <laughs> necrophilia edition you might not have expected that um based on everything we've said so far that there's a whole makeover scene later Uh that is like you know like 15 minutes a good whole makeover portion and it's not fun (laughs) but before that one thing you also might not have expected is uh, there is a horse in this film (laughs) (laughs) at this point you should expect it we can't escape them People are always getting book deals after their podcast. Our book is going to have to be about the horses in every classic film because there is one. I I thought you were going to say we're going to get a horse deal. <laughs> okay, Liana, what is a horse deal? Thank you for asking. The deal is that somebody gives us two horses. <laughs> <laughs> iHeartRadio is like, instead of money, we are paying you in two horses. You know, our contract's pretty good. We got a horse deal, so pretty good. Um <laughs> Locked it in. We're hoofing it over to sign that. <laughs> we, I mean, shall we launch into this bell tower sequence? Yes. I want to help you. I'm just so dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can go up a few more stairs. And- oh! <laughs> yeah, so he's running up these stairs. He looks down and <laughs> that's the sound <laughs> you feel when you look down. At the stair hole. <laughs> I laughed aloud at the dummy version of Madeline falling out of the bell tower. Oh my gosh, that was the silliest thing. That was so silly. She goes straight down. <laughs> so out, out the window, mind you. So, okay, picture Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> oh, Madeline. <laughs> I don't know what accent this is. 
Oh, Madeline, uh, my acrophobia. Oh! He kind of tumbles really down to the stair. And then there is a window and you hear it. Ah! ah! Does she scream? And then yeah. down, yeah. down, 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 perfectly straight. The body just head down, feet at the top, just whooshes past. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. And then the movie really goes off the rails plot wise. <laughs> oh, this movie takes a shift. I might just speed through like an explanation of what happens just so we can please talk about the silly, yeah. silly moments. Okay, everyone, here's what went on. The woman who lifeless dummy, sort of cotton stuffed version of tumbles out of the window is in fact Gavin's real wife, actual Madeline. And the woman who we heard scream and also sort of smush her face against Jimmy Stortz for much of the film is actually a woman named what, Jude? Judy? I think Judy. <laughs> Madeline dies. Jimmy's like, oh, I'm so sad. And then he goes into an asylum for months, a sanitarium, at which Midge visits him and basically goes, oh, come on, Johnny, please stop being sad about your mistress. Right. Mother's here. Get over it. And then he's back out. He's loose on the streets of San Francisco and he sees a woman who looks like Madeline, but brunette. And I don't know, a thicker eyeliner or something like that. Um, not just brunette, also fully brown. Why did they make her Latina? At one point, <laughs> Judy, new, darker Madeline, is like, hey, oh boy. And Jimmy follows her to her apartment and is like, sorry, I followed oh you home. You just really look like my dead girlfriend. And she's like, oh my God, that's crazy. Let me show you all these forms of ID I have. Um, and then she sits down to pen him a letter. And she's like, well, I guess you found me. It turns out, everybody, that Judy was playing Madeline the whole time because actual Madeline, who I don't think we ever actually meet or hear from, Gavin, her husband, just wanted to kill her. So he got Judy involved in a plot to murder his wife. That is explained in one letter and then not focused on at all for the rest of the film. Yes. So Jimmy Stewart was sort of playing in a significant role because his acrophobia and vertigo <laughs> was kind of the alibi. Mm -hmm. He couldn't get all the way to the top of the stairs, so no one could catch them. But he just saw the woman fall and splat, so he could be that witness. Blah. Thank you for uh, wrapping all that up. I mean, what can we say about all this? So this is about where the film Pretty Woman's, because he finds new Madeline, who is Judy, who took me a while to realize, okay, so Judy is her true form. She is yes. this woman. And so she had to make her hair blonde to play this role. Pretty Woman slash My Fair Lady is what occurs in the worst makeover sequence I have ever seen. Okay, yes. He gets her a dress and whatever. Um, okay, this clothing store visit, is this how stores worked in the old days? Was just a model came out in the outfit that you were interested in? Oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> Sorry, I, I have to explain why there was a pause of silence and that is because... <laughs> Sienna decided to have a moment where she strutted down a runway of her own imagining. It's very elbow heavy, this, this walk that you're yeah, doing. Elbow here, elbow there. Okay. Extremely <laughs> angular. No, oh, she's out of breath. <laughs> can you imagine if mm -mm. when you go on to try on jeans, which is one of the most horrible thing that you can do as a human oh. being and woman, yeah. that you go and they're like, hey, we'll just show you a model wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> Modeling. Madeline, we gotta take an ad break, Madeline. We'll be right back. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. 
Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Then he finds out uh, that it was all all a dupe. Finds out that I guess Judy was lying, even though he thought that. And all I could think once he got mad and wanted to kill her was, why are you mad at her and not the dude who killed his wife and used you to kill his wife Mm -hmm. and also made her do this? Unbelievable. (laughs) You found her. You found her. She was like, I'm not that woman. And you were like, yes, you are. And then she's like, fine, I am. And then she was like, actually, I'm not. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. She's like, actually, I was that woman. And he's like, that's worst case somehow. The ending of this movie. (laughs) It felt like an improv show that you just, the team decides is going to be over because it's not going great. And so somebody quickly swipe edits and is like, that's our show. Because 
what happens in this? It's a long confrontation scene. You think probably Jimmy's going to strangle the woman because Hitchcock did not like the ladies or respect them as people. So you just assume that's what's going to happen. <laughs> They're at the top of the bell tower because Hitchcock or whatever, Jimmy, both are like, I got to get over my acrophobia. So I'm going to exposure therapy myself up to the top of this bell tower, but also drag a woman alongside with me and traumatize her along the way. And so they get to the top. <laughs> The spookiest nun you have ever seen emerges from the darkness, looking like the actual Grim Reaper, walking so slowly. I mean, really, how do you solve a problem like this nun? My God. (laughs) And then Judy, I don't know, gets so spooked that she flings herself out of the belt. Like, it doesn't make sense. Just sort of cannonballs. Off, yeah. <laughs> she sort of sees a nun and goes, <laughs> I gotta go. What's scarier than a nun? <laughs> so this nun comes out, spooks this woman to her death. She gets spooked to death. Jimmy doesn't die. She no. dies. And then the nun is like, oh no, and starts ringing a bell. <laughs> the end. That's not what the nun says. She didn't? <laughs> the nun's not in a sitcom. When, oh, no. She goes like, God rest her soul or God have mercy. She says a nun thing. <laughs> <laughs> she comes out and she says her catchphrase, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Did I do that? It so feels like the end of an improv scene. Just like, a, mm, I guess we'll end it there. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. There's no like denouement. They just roll the credits. What a film, what a film. This segment is um, other names for the movie Vertigo. Because as we discussed, Vertigo, the dizziness comes in a few key times, but he's not having it as frequently as the name implies. So, the woman who died, then died, then died. (laughs) Falling, dot, 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 in love. Uh, Very good. Driving a lot and getting vertigo sometimes. <laughs> Carlotta the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> the Secret Life of Midge, the Bay Area boob lady. <laughs> Visit San Francisco. I was about to say vertigo presented by the San Francisco Tourism Board. <laughs> <laughs> the lady who thought she was dead and then died. <laughs> and finally, nonsense. that's it that's the one well i would give that segment a badge and i feel that we are ready to move on to badges and tragedies in which we award badges to things that we feel this film did well and tragedies to (laughs) the rest of it i gotta give a badge for any film that says oh well during the war blah 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 blah." (laughs) (laughs) yes please um, a badge for a man fainting delicately. Do you remember at the oh. very beginning on their New York stage set when he's in Midge's bra apartment? He's like, I'm up on this, the third stairs. He gets on a ladder for some reason. Yeah, he gets on a ladder. Then he idiotically looks out the window of a skyscraper. Like, men are so stupid. And he's like, oh my God. And he just delicately flops off this ladder into Midge's arms. Badge for that. 
And then finally, I, okay, I loved Midge so much. Um, she was the character I related to the most because I love a woman who's like, well, maybe we could be dating. And the man is like, no, I prefer an actual dead person. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I have to give a badge for the way that Midge says, farewell to jimmy when she's getting out of his car do you remember this i don't remember what part of the movie it was i was like i had checked out but i think it was oh it's right before um fake madeline plops into the bay um midge is getting out of jimmy's car and she's like bidding him adieu and she first says goodbye and then as she's like i don't know being yanked off screen she says goodbye (laughs) fantastic i give a badge for pleasant interiors which you pointed out Mm -hmm. are very stage-like Yes. A badge for very uh, gentle car chases. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about it that much, but because they were so slow, mm-hmm. that was about 70% of the film. <laughs> Just a lethargic approach to the San Francisco roads. Um, bright colors. This was a very red film, but very yes. color forward. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Big badge for a pained thrashing. No, no, I can't tell you. No, no. Scene. Oh, yeah. She's up against a redwood. She's thrashing and doing the, no, 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 I I can't. I simply can't. Badge, of course, naturally, for Catholic imagery. Very present in a lot of these uh, films. Big badge for a psychedelic nightmare sequence. Oh, okay. Do you remember that part? No, I do. (laughs) I just didn't like it. You weren't a fan? I love the psychedelic. uh, It's so interesting at this time. I honestly think this goes back to, I was like, I could have made that. And this is where watching something like what, 60, whatever years after it came out, really kicks it in the ass. Because it's like, this is not impressive. That's the best I can do. Yeah. I mean, the effects are just the silliest thing you could do now. It's like on photo booth effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His head like turns green. He's like, wah, wah, wah. It's a camera. I love them because they come just in the middle of these like classy, classic films. They'll just, Mm. as they had one singing in the rain. Anyway, I'm here for the psychedelic sequence. A badge simply for bra. <laughs> True. Thank you for the bra. Is this the first bra we've seen in a film yet? Yeah, because usually they just show us boobs. Oh my God, you're right. This one, no boobs, only no bra. Boobs. You know what? We're giving that a big badge. Yes. And the bra was woman owned. <laughs> yes. Okay, moving on to trages. Um, I got a trage for immediately a cop. There was immediately a cop in this film and I was like, oh. But then that cop fell to the ground. Then that cop did fall. But then, this was like whiplash. She was like, oh, your dream was always to be a cop and then like be the cop of the city or whatever the title is. I don't remember the job title. (laughs) Chief Inspector, I don't know. Anyway, I was like, oh God, he wants to be a cop. Boo, we hate him. And then I also have to give a trage for, this movie could have been way spookier. And then it just was about murdering a wife. Which we didn't talk about enough. (laughs) That does not get enough coverage in this film. The fact that a murder of somebody's wife is a side plot that gets mentioned once in a letter and then once when a man is yelling at a woman, not even really about that. Yeah, it's sort of a side hustle. Wait, what is this movie about? (laughs) That's the thing. It doesn't pick a lane. And so all of us are on the road going, whoa! (laughs) Tragis for me, I wrote Madeline's eyebrows, which is rude. What were they up to? But they were were doing a lot. 
a tragedy for the confusing, it's complicated sort of Ross and Rachel relationship between Midge and, and John. Oh. You know, when you know people who they kind of have that like, what is this? And it's exhausting to watch. You know, that was the whole thing. Don't I indeed. Oh, it's this is another one of those movies where the main character has multiple names. So I don't know what to call him. Yeah. He's Scotty and John. This keeps happening. Yeah. Like, you know, like the Godfather had like six different names. Oh my and- goodness. Who has the time? Yeah. And then, ah, I did get confused and bored. I, I did. And mm-hmm. you know what? Your point about the spookiness, I think, is perfect. Thank you. He has scary thrillers and whatnot. This one wasn't. I don't know why it mm-hmm. got up here. It's actually mm-hmm. a, kind of a weird, silly, long film. And I think the New York Times review was right. Wait, do you think that they ranked this film so high? Oh! <laughs> because they wanted to make Jimmy Stewart go, Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> We now are going to do you a mahusive favor, which is we are going to help you out in a segment we call How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is for you are at the christening of a bell tower. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb. Caleb from the San Francisco Film Institute. SFFI. He comes up to you. He says, oh, vertigo. Mm, I love that vertigo effect. That changed my life. Have you seen it? Here are some sentences you can say so that Caleb does not push you out of the bell tower. (laughs) Oh, boy, have I. And watch out behind you. There's a spooky, spooky nun. The downward spirals that we see graphically in this film mm. represent not only the feeling of vertigo for an individual with acrophobia, but also the downward spiral of this woman's life as she is murdered. <laughs> That's such a funny way to describe a death. Yeah, it was a bit of a downward spiral. Um, into the grave. A brunette. Ugh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The camera work, that vertigo effect, so good. Mm. And then you bite your lip. Mm. Yeah. And I will give a contrasting one, which this is a sentence that you should not say if a man is bringing up to you the film Vertigo. You should not pause it to him. Wow. If this is what happens when a man is dizzy, imagine if they got periods. Wait, I hadn't like processed the fact that like literally him just getting a little dizzy is the entire (laughs) basis of this film. Like it has no clear plot except for that. It's like, can you imagine if your day was a little bit upset by your body not agreeing with you? (gasps) The horror. Yo, we're remaking this film and we're calling it Cramps. And it's the lady version. (laughs) He's going up. You're going up the stairs. Ah! Wait, when you said cramps, I immediately heard like the Jaws theme tune playing in the background. But instead of a shark, it's just your period. And then the Clue app is like, your next cycle is about to begin. Great. Alrighty. Now, should you watch this or... This is the part of the podcast where we tell you if it's worth watching this film or if you should do something else with your time. Mm-hmm. Liana, any thoughts? Thank you. Um, for this, I would say, uh, do not watch this movie. What you <laughs> could do instead is you could get a very big ladder 
at maybe a, a local ladder store and you could mm-hmm. just climb right up it. Um, and then if you wanted to challenge yourself, like, I don't know, get a mountain, get just any sort of tall thing, climb a tall man, like a tree, if you want to, and just feel a little dizzy for a moment and see if two women die because of it. And if not, good job. I would also agree. No need to watch this film. You could go to San Francisco. That's most of it. Mm. (laughs) Drive slow. But also, I think another film to think about, if you're in the mood to watch a movie and you're thinking, man, that Caleb guy really wanted me to watch Vertigo. Should I do that? You know what? You're going to get the same thing. If you're looking for heights affecting the plot, (laughs) if you're looking for depths that you look down, sort of spiraling things that you look down, um, the movie Holes, an excellent film. Things fall off of things and it's important. Very, very good movie. You got zero. You got your... And a slapper of a theme song as performed by the cast. Do you remember this? It rolls during the credits. I I remember um, Shia rapping. Every cast member does a rap. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. Sienna, how would you rate this film? I would give this film a solid two hair holes out of five. I do think it was pleasant. It wasn't an unpleasant watch, but um, I definitely like, don't get its genius. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't really get what happened. So two. Yeah. How about you? Oh, this is not doing well. I would give this one, I don't know, maybe 0.75 strapless mm. brassiers out of five. <laughs> <laughs> because I did love Midge and I did relate a lot to her character. <laughs> and during the moments where it almost was spooky, I was like, oh, this has peaked my entrast, but it loses a million points for all the misogyny. Nobody wearing hiking clothes in the Redwoods and Mm -hmm. the Hitchcock of it all. Hitchcock, the biggest public penis. (laughs) Thank you. We're bowing, bowing, bowing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. That was Vertigo. Thank you for listening with us. Um, Hope you're not too dizzy. (laughs) And, and, And join us next week when we'll be watching... The Wizard of Oz. <gasps> we could sing the whole episode. We'll get ready for that. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tossed Popcorn. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. We love you. Bye. <laughs>Find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.